Welcome to the Your Life Choices podcast with me, John Deeks. Our mission, as always, is to deliver up-to-date, independent, authoritative information and essential resources anywhere, anytime and on any device. For Australians seeking affordable solutions in retirement or indeed those of us still in the workforce like myself, you are very welcome to Your Life Choices. And today I'm speaking to Wathany Holland, the president of the Australian Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine Association, Greetings, Wabany. Greetings to you too. I hope your audience is safe and well as you are. Um, and thank you for the invitation. Oh, great to have you here. Now, I've got a confession to make from the very start. I've never had acupuncture. However, having said that, our executive producer has had acupuncture and has solved many problems that he's had lingering over many years. So there you Hurrah! go. <laughs> <laughs> That's happy news. Now, there's been an extensive study just released, Wabany. Would you like to expand on that, please? Right. Um, it's from the National Institute of Health and Care Excellence in the United Kingdom. It's the authority that actually informs the government to be able to implement the right kinds of treatments for their national health system or scheme, the NHS, um, which is a bit like our Medicare over here. Uh-huh. Um, and it's an extraordinary study. It was fairly extensive. There was 27 studies in total that they looked at from a variety of different countries covering a variety of conditions, including neck pain and fibromyalgia and pelvic pain and all of that kind of stuff, the different kinds of pain. And they found that acupuncture is a really good, cost-effective treatment for pain. It improves quality of life. It has psychological benefits or psychological distress. It, It actually improves people's minds and from that panic and anxiety, which seems to be extraordinarily widespread, especially with COVID. People are really, really fearful of even going out just in case they might get in, come in contact with someone, especially when you hear about asymptomatic cases. But the psychological distress is really amazingly calmed with acupuncture. Um, and it also helps sleep. So there's there's a variety of benefits um, for the treatment, for the use of acupuncture for for all different conditions. Mm. I can remember being the age I am at 70, I can recall uh, the time when acupuncture was seen as uh, something short of voodoo and uh, something that uh, was far too foreign for us uh, uh, people to, 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 to embrace in Western society. Since that time, acupuncture has come to, into the mainstream as far as uh, healthcare is concerned. What have been some of the major attributes that people have found in using acupuncture over the time? And and how has it just improved as far as the use? The uptake by the Australian population has really um, increased dramatically since we became a registered profession in 2012. So what that means is that there are 16 health professions, doctors, nurses, psychologists, optometrists, um, dentists, pharmacists, these are 16 professions under 15 national boards, and we're under the Health Practitioner Regulation National Law. So we're under very strict codes and guidelines. And Australia is at the forefront because we're the only country that has nationally recognised Chinese medicine practitioners. And that national recognition means that we have to have a four-year minimum bachelor's degree with between 650 to 1,000 hours of clinical practice. Uh, so that then ensures, because the national law is very specifically to protect the public, um, and protecting the public means quality of training and, and a high standard of training. So America doesn't have it. You can only practice in the state that you've been trained in. 
even mm. in England, nowhere else. Just it's extraordinary that Australia is at the forefront of it. How did that? Um, how did that? Like, how did that come about, Waveney? Well, we, we, the Australian Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine Association, lobbied very heavily to make sure that Chinese medicine was accepted because it has been increasing. I had my first acupuncture treatment on the 14th of November 1980. I got off the table and went, I need to study this. And that's when my, my journey into Chinese medicine started and I've gone and studied in China and worked there. So it, it is an extraordinarily amazing way to maintain well-being um, I think Western medicine does illness very well, but Chinese medicine can do wellness. Um, Western medicine has almost abrogated its rights to, to wellness because you only go to your doctor if you're unwell, yeah. they, and they'll put you through a whole bunch of tests, whereas Chinese medicine can maintain that peace of mind and calm. It can just gently balance your energy to keep you ticking along. It's, it's Truly, the best analogy I can give you is you take your car into a service regularly. Why? Because if it breaks down, it costs so much more money and it's, it's harder to fix. But if you maintain it, there's nothing, no fixing to be done. And it's very similar with Chinese medicine and acupuncture in particular, just like going to the gym and, and using your body and working it out, and, you know, doing exercises and that kind of stuff, eating the right kinds of food, putting the right kinds of food in, that's maintaining well-being. And acupuncture does that beautifully. It's extraordinarily good at maintaining that well-being on all levels, mind, body, spirit. I know we throw that line around around but a lot, but it's true. <laughs> it's just what Chinese medicine does. I haven't been to an acupuncturist in my life. What actually happens when the needles go in? So acupuncture is the insertion of needles, um, in, and they're tiny, single-use, sterile, disposable needles. Um, yes, we should, we, should ex- they- we should explain that they're, they're not, you know, dirty great big horse needles. These are very tiny, tiny little needles that go in. John, we actually can get them in different gauges, which means thicknesses and mm-hmm. different lengths as well because some people are a weeny bit more ample than others. Um, and so we're getting into that chi level. So chi is that Chinese word for energy that people will have heard with tai chi or qigong and that kind of stuff. So chi means energy and and the whole premise of acupuncture and Chinese medicine is that we're balancing the flow of the body's energy. Um, and it dates back to ancient times where the Chinese were regarded as the first civilization to alter the course of rivers, to give life to the, their crops and, and to drink and everything. So the ancient healers thought there must be rivers like water on the land, rivers of something that gives the body the ability to function and those rivers well, now the channels that we call them, or meridians in some places, um, and they hold the energy. So the idea is when you put a needle in into very specific points, it alters the flow of energy. It, it can move the energy, it can build the energy, um, it can harmonize the flow of that energy around the body. So it's, there's been lots of studies, and it doesn't necessarily correlate to any nerves or any blood vessels or anything like that, but what more and more research is showing us that it does enhance endorphins, for example, which is a contraction of the word endogenous morphine, which are the normal um, pain relievers that our body makes. And so what acupuncture does is it enables and enhances the body's ability to heal itself and balance itself. It's a drug-free option, which is extraordinary when it's using your own 
your body's own energy to heal itself. You can't get better than that. Wavani, I remember back in the day, my mum, when I was a young boy, went to an osteopath. And at that uh-huh. stage, and we're talking about the uh, the late 50s, early 60s, osteopathy was regarded as, as a voodoo and uh, tremendous pushback from the Australian Medical Association. Um, has there been uh, much uh, coming together with you and the traditional, if you will, uh, medical uh, professionals? Slowly there has been because of the registration that occurred in 2012 that I mentioned, but it could be much better. We're, we've been lobbying the federal government now since 2012 pretty much to be included in the Medicare scheme, the chronic disease management program that they have where you can get five treatments for the physios, for example, or somewhere okay. um, on Medicare. How's that going? But it's not going at all. It's sadly, mm. um, because even though we have to be registered and we pay a lot of money for our registration and we have to have that level of study, there is another part of acupuncture or, or dry needling, as it's often called, that other practitioners do. Acupuncture is acupuncture, and we spend a lot of time learning about it, including those 600 to 1,000 hours of clinical practice. But unfortunately, under that national law that I spoke of, acupuncturist is the protector title not acupuncture, which is what we do. I know exactly how you can fix that problem. Exactly how you can fix that problem. The decision makers, have them uh, uh, go under some uh, acupuncture with their problems, have them cured, and, mate, it'll be tickety-boo. Well, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, we some of the decision makers do come to our members around Australia, but the issue is changing the national law, which which it, it is an absolute anomaly because you can actually go and do a course on Saturday. There's a 20-hour online course, so 12 hours online and 8 hours face-to-face, keeping in mind ours is a four-year bachelor's degree with up to 1,000 hours of clinical practice. And you can go and put needles in people and say you do acupuncture or you do dry needling. Mm. And that's true for any of the other professions. So there are a lot of physios out there who are doing dry needling or acupuncture. Not any of them is endorsed by their registered board. How do I know the acupuncturist I'm going to is the right one or is someone who's done all that training? You go to the Australian Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine Association, which is the biggest association representing the majority of registered Chinese medicine practitioners, acupuncturists Mm. in Australia, and we have been since 1973. If you go to our practitioner search on our website, you'll be able to find a practitioner who's close to you. You need to just enter your postcode and you can get um, or your suburb, locality, or town, um, and you can find an acupuncturist who is close to you. And if they're our member, they've got our accreditation, plus they have to be registered by the Chinese Medicine Board of Australia and will have done all of that study and maintain that study because we've got to keep our professional development up. So we're required mm. to do a minimum of 20 professional development points a year, and it's, you know it's ongoing. So that's the only way to keep the public safe. And, and getting the, the national law changed to not just protect the title of acupuncturist, which isn't protection at all. Yeah, I would I would imagine, Waveney, that uh, the majority of people who go to an acupuncturist would be word of mouth. So A lot of it is word of mouth because, I mean, that's true for anything. You, you rely on someone close to you who's had the experience that can give you an honest opinion. I think that that's the important thing. It helps to important to take chances with at all. What is the most common ailment that people go to an acupuncturist for? Or pain. Pain is usually pain. But neck pain or back pain? Yes, yes. Just all of like headaches, 
pain, it's, and it's been proven in lots and lots of studies that acupuncture is very, very good for pain relief. So whether it's headaches and migraine, whether it's neck pain, whether it's low back pain, whether it's osteoarthritis of the knee, for example, um, or shoulder pain, okay. um, pelvic pain. So pain anywhere is, is really good. And I understand that your audience are retirees, but, you know, acupuncture is used a lot in fertility and, um, and supporting women through IVF programs. Um, the mm. internal medicine, so gastrointestinal issues, um, lung issues. People usually think of acupuncture just for musculoskeletal stuff, but it was the medical, and it is the medical model in China for thousands and thousands of, of course, years. That, yeah. And they've integrated it in. They've actually got Western medicine and Chinese medicine. There's hospitals there where one wing is Chinese medicine, the other wing is Western medicine, and they integrate it seamlessly. And so those people get the best of both worlds in their treatment. And that would be one of the best things to do in Australia if we had an integrated system. Because there are integrative medicine doctors who actually do do an endorsed course with the Australian Medical Association, no, the Australian Medical College. Um, and they do a bit of acupuncture, but, but their hours are only 260 hours of training compared to ours. But it, it, is, it is a nice way to integrate to get the full benefit of healthcare, really. Well, next time our executive producer calls me a pain in the ass, I'll know where to go. The Australian <laughs> Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine Association to be cured. Uh, Waveni Holland, who is the president of the AACMA, um, do suggest you go to that website. That's the Australian Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine Association. They, the latest study is there. Uh, all the information is there. Please don't go to anybody who's not registered because uh, you're not doing yourself any favours. Waveni, good luck to you and uh, all the very best as you move forward. John, thank you so much. I really appreciate the honour, the opportunity to speak to you and to your members. And everyone, please stay safe. Waveney, thank you so much. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Bye-bye.